There's a new report on pandemic evictions that have highlighted gaps in our rental tenancy protections amidst successful protective measures, which basically means uh, the existing measures may not be fully effective in preventing uh, evictions and ensuring adequate protections for tenants. So let's get into this with Dr. Alina McKay. She's UBC's Ballot Supply of Housing Research Manager. Kind enough to join us. Doctor, good afternoon. Thanks, Rob, for having me. Well, what did you get from the report? Because, uh, you know, I've obviously put it out there in general terms, but what were some of your takeaways that made your eyebrows raise and say there's work to be done? Yeah, for sure. Thank you. So I think the first point was really that the eviction moratorium, which um, I'll remind listeners in COVID, when COVID hit, the government did um, introduce an eviction moratorium, which was an emergency measure that didn't allow for evictions to take place between March of 2020 and uh, around September of 2020. Um, And so that really actually did result in fewer filings for eviction by landlords and fewer disputes of evictions by tenants as well. So we did see a decrease in overall filings. Um, The next part, though, is really around decisions that were made by the residential tenancy branch. So we don't see a big change in how decisions were made by the residential tenancy branch. Um, And that really points to the fact that there wasn't overall um, changes to the Residential Tenancy Act that allowed for decisions to be made in a different way. Um, And that's something that continues with us today. Um, There isn't really protections for renters in many cases when they need them. The third finding is really points to Surrey being a place where we saw more evictions um, in 2020 and 2021 and an overlap of other needs as well. So, um, yeah, higher proportion of visible minorities and core housing needs. So, um, yeah, those were some of the key findings. You know, one of the things that I've always been curious about is how would you enforce this? Like, and that's one of the challenges. That I know that there's things out there like the residential tenancy agreement that, you know, protects renters in certain lights. But the reality is, is the enforcement often becomes the, the challenging part because you've got the financial element of it. Um, you've got the wait times. And meanwhile, you know, your landlord's like, time to go. Is this one of those things that needs to be remedied or is that just a case-by-case situation? Yes, absolutely. It's such a good point. One of the main takeaways from this report is actually um, speaks directly to that. Um, And it's really that because um, their residential tenancy branch, the way it works is um, a landlord, um, you know, asks the residential tenancy branch says, hey, like I'm going to evict my tenant. But often there's no follow up, like you say. Um, So that's really important in terms of the gaps in the data that we saw in this report. There's a lot of information that's missing. Um, so Canadian housing survey data that we looked at um, from 2021, uh, up to 85% of evictions are no fault of the tenant. So it's because of a sale of property or landlord moving into the unit. Um, and so that really points to the fact that a lot of evictions aren't ever even being filed with the residential tenancy branch. This report really only speaks to filings that with the residential tenancy branch, but we know a lot of information is missing. Um, and therefore, there's a lot of evictions that are happening um, that there's sort of like no follow-up on. Dr. Alina McKay is uh, UBC's Balanced Supply of Housing Research Manager, joining us here on the Jill Bennett Show. Okay, I want to look at this from a renter's perspective, because obviously right now the market is just so tough that you've almost got to be the perfect person to get that shot over the other 15 or 20 applications that are in front of you. But once you're in, are you almost feeling like you have to be perfect just to stay in this place? And the reason I bring that up is from the other perspective, 
if I know that I've got embarrassment of riches as options, that there's always going to be somebody out there who's going to take over that vacancy if it becomes available. Uh, is this almost to feel like you're walking on eggshells or walking on glass as a tenant, knowing that the landlord pretty much holds all the power? Yes, I think that's a really good point. And I think it points to um, the bad faith evictions that are happening where we see the gap between, like you point out, there's a gap between um, once you're in a unit, there is rental protection. But when you're looking for a unit, um, when a unit's on the market, um, it can, you know, the prior tenant may have been paying significantly um, less than you're going to be asked to pay when you move into that unit. Um, So that's called a rent gap. Um, And the rent gap in Vancouver is particularly high. And it really leads to uh, um, landlords looking for ways to get their tenants to move on so that they can take advantage of higher rents in the market. Um, This report really does point to the fact that many times when tenants um, go to the residential tenancy branch disputing an eviction um, or landlords ask the residential tenancy branch for an eviction, um, you know, a lot of the time, the residential tenancy branch is going to um, rule in favor of an order of possession to the um, to the landlord. So that allows them to actually evict the tenant. Um, and we saw this even during the eviction moratorium that even though orders of possession, so allowing an uh, um, you know landlord to evict, weren't enforceable, so they couldn't actually be enforced, and um, you couldn't force a tenant out of your unit. They were still being granted. Um, so it continues to be a problem today. Yeah, it's a really interesting conversation. You know, some of the things in the report that caught my eye was, again, going back to bad faith evictions and the lack of regulation for these unoccupied units. I mean, there were so many different ways that I could take this conversation, but I just want to circle up one more time on this, doctor, about the bad faith evictions, because you talk about how many don't get reported. I mean, it's really tough to enforce the rights of a renter uh, if they don't know that there's something to be enforced. Is that part of the problem? Is just the silence around this? Absolutely. Yeah, we, there's not a lot of um, ways um, for, you know, tenants to sort of know what, what the unit was renting in prior to them being in the unit, yeah. as well as there's a lot of um, missed opportunities in terms of tenants actually knowing their rights and knowing that they can dispute a, um, you know, if they're evicted for cause or evicted for um, unpaid rent, they can dispute that and they can go to the residential tenancy branch and um, have um, their dispute heard. Um, so there are there's a lot of tenant advocacy that needs to happen in terms of knowing the rights. Um, but there's also strengthening of the Residential Tenancy Act. And one of the big pieces um, that this report recommends is introducing a proportionality provision. And that just really allows the Residential Tenancy Branch adjudicators to um, look at options other than eviction. We know that when evictions happen, um, it's very unlikely that a tenant's going to be able to find a unit for the same rent that they're of the unit they're currently in, right? Because of that massive rent gap. Yeah. So we, if we're going to protect affordability, we really need to make sure that um, tenants have the protections they need to stay in their units and occupy them. I think of new Canadians, I think of people with language barriers and just the fact that sometimes a landlord will just come in and be like, you're out, and they don't understand all of the things that are available to them, which makes this conversation invaluable. So thank you for breaking down some of that research today and your findings, and uh, I look forward to speaking with you again, Doctor. Thanks, Rob. It was a pleasure to be on the show, and uh, really appreciate it.